Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here. Um, I recently had Adam Fisk from Los Busos Resort in Panama on for a live show with me. We talked about his amazing catch of a really large black marlin as well as the resort itself and what they have to offer. I hope you enjoy this show. Stick around. Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here from the Kayak Fishing Show live, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. Today we're having a Grunion Pale Ale. If you haven't had one of these, they're very good, uh, kind of hoppy uh, like an IPA, but not super bitter. It doesn't kick you in the teeth, very drinkable, uh, very tasty. So that's the uh, Ballast Point Grunion. Cheers to y'all. Uh, and thanks for uh, joining me here today. Um, remember, if you are watching the show and you want to comment and participate and ask questions, you need to be watching on the Jim Salmon's page, and it's in the description of the video. Um, if you're not if you're not commenting on the Jim Salmon's page, I won't be able to see the comments. So we won't be able to answer any of your questions, anything like that. So uh, please um, make sure you are commenting over there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, my guest today is Adam Fisk, and he is basically the head guide in charge at Los Busos um, Resort down in Panama. We did a trip down there. It is a super, super cool place. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it, it's probably one of the only resorts, well, one of two places that are really just dedicated to kayak fishing. Uh, down in Louisiana, uh, Pack and Power, uh, Pack Kayak Rentals is, you know, it's a place that is, is designed to cater to kayak anglers. Well, Los Busos is that and more. Uh, I mean, great food, great accommodations, um, wonderful location. And of course, you have the ability of catching monster fish. Um, you know, the uh, <clears throat> big Kubera snapper, uh, grouper, tuna, dorado, and of course, marlin. All right. Well, we now have Adam on screen. Um, let me uh, close this thing. Stop sharing that. Adam, how are you, man? Can you hear me okay? Doing great. I hear you perfect. Oh, awesome. Awesome. You're a little pixelated. I don't know how you're looking on the on the screen, but we'll just go with it. And uh, glad you could make it. You're, you're back stateside for uh, a few weeks. But uh, yeah, you're yeah. spending most of your time down in Panama now. Yeah, this is the first time I've gotten to come back to the States for a while for many months. Like probably around six months, but uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. So um, first of all, I mean, just kind of introduce yourself. Tell everybody what uh, your uh, job and title is down there, and uh, how long you've been uh, heading that up. All right. Well, uh, I'm the operations manager at Los Buzos, and I'm also the head guide. So uh, I, I'm the guy that takes you out and tries to put you on these big fish, and. Uh, I've been doing it for I do been doing that at Los Buzos for about a year and a half, and I've been a guide for about three years. I used to work with uh, Deep Blue uh, down in East Florida. Okay, 
So, uh, so you had experience catching a lot of sailfish and stuff uh, through that operation? Yeah, yeah. So that was like actually one of our most common catches uh, was sailfish down down there with them. And uh, now it's roosterfish and, and cuberas. So we're real dialed in on, that, on them now. We catch them almost every time. Wow. Yeah, the roosters uh, are have always been one of my favorite fish. Um, and those cubera just uh, taunted us on our trip visiting you. My biggest one I ever caught was about 32 pounds. But uh, the ones we were hooking down there were just using and abusing us. And uh, huge I, down there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw the video that I had of uh, I got some underwater footage of myself getting rocked by one. And um, I'm just such strong fish. And when when you have to let them eat those giant baits, it is. It, it's kind of that fine line, how long you let them eat it. So they actually can take that big bait in and then, um, you know, without ending up in the rocks. So we've got a couple of comments here. Just want to address Hey, search a low from Ottawa. Uh, Charles Levy says at loose Boosters is one of his favorite places. Uh, What's up, Charles? Dean, Dean, Jim, how can we get you on our podcast? We just did one with Adam Fest. Send me an email, man. If, if we can uh, set up the time, I'd be happy to do it. I enjoy doing these things. Yeah, that was great uh, time with Dean yesterday. What's his podcast called? Yak Tactics. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. I, I, I saw that. I, I, I saw the link you had posted that. So um, that's very cool. If people want to see that podcast, it's it's out there. Uh, it, it visit your page or is it is the link on Los Busos page? Uh, yeah, I think I posted on Los Buzos and uh, my personal Adam Fisk. So, so Los Buzos has a um, Facebook page as well. So people want to find out more about that. And, of course, they um, they do have their website. And that's uh, put it up there, losbusos.com. Um, a lot of great photos and all the, basically all the information you need about the trip. So um, about the operation. But better to have you here and have people ask us some questions. So please shoot us some questions so Adam, Adam can answer them all. Um, I think one of the cool things that I was seeing at Los Busos uh, is it just gets growing. It's expanding. And, you know, the, the from while we were there, you guys had just got the tackle shop set up and, um, you know, all the, the rooms are so nice. Uh, anything uh, new coming up? I mean, is it just just charging forward? Uh, yeah, just just charging forward. Uh, we we got uh, we're getting more and more deals with new products for uh, for our tackle shop, and uh, we're not adding a whole lot of new stuff because we we're pretty much we pretty much have everything we need. Just to, we're getting busier and busier, and uh, we've sold out a few trips in the in the future, and uh, things are looking good. And yeah, we got, these we have trip- our, Go ahead. Oh, I was say these trips do sell out. Um, so if you, if it's something you want to do, if, if you guys want to join in on one of these trips, and I do highly recommend going down there, uh, make sure you you know book it well in advance. If you have specific dates you want to go, make sure you get it get on them as soon as you can, so you can uh, get the dates that you want, because it, it really is a special place, and you don't want to miss out on that. Um, I know you work with uh, old uh, Robert Field a little bit, and he uh, kind of hosts um, groups down there as well. And so people want to join on one of his trips. That's a, it's a cool thing to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert will be with us in January, and uh, the first week he's there, we're actually having our world championship tournament. Uh, so we have guys from all over the, all over the world, actually, uh, from Australia, Singapore, 
uh, Canada, Germany, a few other countries, and they're coming to compete for ten thousand uh, dollars. Just a twelve-man total field, so it's it's going to wow. be interesting. Wow! Uh, so I didn't get my invite. <laughs> <laughs> you got to qualify. Got to qualify at a couple different tournaments around the world, or or at our tournament at Los Buzos. We we yeah, had we well. had twelve uh, four qualifiers this week this year. Yeah, I, I don't fish tournaments, so <laughs> not much chance of me qualifying then. But uh, I know uh, James Macbeth uh, from Jackson Kayak is going to be there, and Dennis also from Jackson Kayak in Europe. Uh, so I'm sure uh, they'll have a great time. That'll be a big change for him, um, for Dennis particularly. I don't know that he's done much in the way of big game stuff. For him, a big game is uh, Pike. Um <laughs> So why don't you uh, kind of describe the the operation that you guys have going on down there? All right. So so to start, um, we gather groups, uh, 12 people max, uh, and they'll come to our lodge for five days of fishing and six nights lodging. We set it up so they all fly into Panama City, and we pick them up the next morning all at the same place at this hotel that we recommend we bring you down it's a uh, it's a six hour drive from the city so we organize the transport make sure everybody gets there uh at the same time and then once you're at our lodge we cover all your meals you get um all you can drink beer and oh wait let me qualify a- that all you can drink ice cold beer that's right. Very that cool. is that. That is the coldest beer. I mean, it, it is just this side of freezing. <laughs> That's how we keep it. That's how we keep it. It yeah. is that it, on a, as hot as it gets down there. That is a huge, huge bonus, and it's bottomless. That's right. Yeah. So we always keep it stocked. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, we give you all all your meals. Um, you get a fully rigged Hobie Outback or a Jackson Kusa uh, FD. To go out in every day. You or a Kraken. A guide or, there, there is one Kraken. Kraken and a Mayfly. There's a Mayfly as well. Uh, okay. So if, you're, if you're more into paddling like, like, uh, like Jim, like you, uh, we, have, we have you covered. So there's that. And then uh, you'll go out with me and the other guide, Kevin. Uh, so we'll be out there. We'll try, we'll try to put you on the good spots, try to catch a live bait, uh, teach us some new things, uh, get you kind of dialed in on, uh, on the fishery. And... Uh, so you do that for five days. Um, we have a couple different restaurants and places around where we'll take you to eat every night. You, it's not always fish every night, so you don't get sick of fish, even though some, some people won't. I mean, there's usually a ton of yellowfin tuna, grouper, all kinds of great fish. And uh, we always have a pizza night, uh, mid, midweek. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a, little bit of a change of pace. But uh, that's what pizza. we do. We uh, the, do a very good job. <laughs> but uh yeah you, our, our most common catches are actually rooster fish and kuberas kubera snapper um you also catch bluefin trevally big eye trevally there's all, always a chance at sailfish marlin uh then the yellowfin tuna we catch a ton of yellowfin tuna i think you got it you got a few uh on the last trip or was it like three casts i got yeah i got quite a few they were all uh little peanuts um mm-hmm. nothing nothing really big but it sure uh, added some excitement to the day to be And I was just throwing that little uh, um, band of anglers dart spin. So, you know, on my bass rod, basically. So that even a small tune is pretty fun on that setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so there's, there's a, you'll find a lot of those around. There's a, there's a lot of small ones, but you will find big ones mixed in. Um, there's uh, almost every time, like you, we took that, uh, that 
mothership trip. We do the mothership trip that's about eight miles away from our lodge. Uh, it goes to a rock that's about three miles offshore. And it starts in about 150 feet of water and it comes up to 35. So, and there's a lot of current circulating around there. And that's where a lot of the tunas like to go. We find tunas pretty much every single time we go there. And uh, lately we've actually seen some big ones. We've seen like 100 plus pounders uh, schooling, wow. with the, schooling with the dolphins. Uh, but there's usually there's so many bigger, I mean, so, so many of the smaller ones that they get to your lure faster. But uh, we've been hooking, we hooked a couple, like 50, 60 pounders. They weren't the 100 pounders, but uh, the big ones and they, they got off. But uh, they're there. Yeah, and uh, so people know, I mean, they're, if you're coming, you definitely want to have live bait hooks be, and something to catch live bait with because there is live bait around, uh, but also um, poppers, uh, vertical jigs, all that is something you would want to bring, right? Absolutely. Or yeah. you guys also have a lot of that stuff available. If people don't have it, you guys have it available in your little shop. Yes, we have, we have the hooks, we have the jigs, we have the perfect size poppers, um we have we use 13 circle hooks we use big big circle hooks because the live baits are actually very big as well we're using blue runners that are over two pounds sometimes um and bonitas we've even uh bridled yellowfin tuna out there for bait because those roosters they have huge huge mouths and you want a big hook to get around their jaw make sure you hook them good um so we use 13 circle hooks the big seven inch halcos uh for the poppers um big deep divers and uh we use we actually use crappie jigs for our to catch bait that's our best thing to catch bait on um it just looks like a little glass minnow you'll see schooling blue runners on the surface so you can go up next to the rocks and uh, cast those in the rocks and usually there's blue runners around and that's their favorite thing to eat other than that we'll use those uh i think i think you use some of them too those little knife jigs are like 25 grams right you yeah. put them on that on that light action rod you can cast them a mile or you can drop them to the bottom. You can you can find yeah. Uh, we didn't find we didn't get any blue runners while I was there. It was all the big bonita. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, and so that, <laughs> that made it a little bit little bit tougher. Like I said, and that's why we were having to let those kubera eat for such a long time, and why we were getting rocked. Uh, we got some questions here um, from Potty Mullet. Question for Adam. Jim was talking about five hours being the longest battle he's had on a fish. What about you? Could you talk us through it? So was that blue that black marlin your longest fight? Okay, you broke up there for a second, but I heard a solid question. Um, okay, uh, so, I was just gonna say, was that black marlin your longest fight? Uh, yes, it has to be. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it, it it ended up being four and a half. So I wasn't really keeping track while I was getting while I was uh, fighting, I gotcha. but I remember I see that the clip where I'm like, oh yeah, it's got to be five hours, but it was more closer to closer to closer to four and a half, and um. You know, it kind of went by fast, but for the most part, it's just, it was just towing me around, staying, like, it wasn't going as fast as you would think, too. It was just kind of steadily pulling me three to four miles an hour, just straight offshore. Um, and like I, I think I said in the video, I hooked it in 120 feet, and I ended up in about four or 5,000. There's a, there's a big, <laughs> there's a big drop off, a real steep drop off out there, but it ended up taking me about eight to 10 miles directly offshore. Um, for the most part, it was just kind of going in a straight line, but one, one turn, one time it made me nervous. Like it, it took this real long run straight out and then it started jumping like in a, you know, doing a 180, started coming directly at me. And, uh, 
you know, I'm sure you've seen the videos where the marlin jumps in the boat or something on the back of the sport fisher. So that's what's going yeah. through my head as I see this thing coming straight towards me. So uh, it's like jumping, jump, jumps, jumps like five times directly at me. And I'm like getting up on my feet, like, which way am I going to jump out? You know, <laughs> it gets too close. Um, but luckily it went, it dove back down like 20 feet before it got to me, turned around and went straight offshore again. Um, but for the most part, it was just towing me straight out. And it would, it would do a series of jumps, and then it would slow down, and then I'd catch up to it, and it would stay under me about 50 feet and just hang there. And it didn't matter how much pressure I put on it, it I could not budge it. And then all of a sudden, it would just come back up and jump again, and then do the same thing. It did that like 10 times in a row. And uh, so I'm kind of just sitting in my kayak. I got the rod pinned on my, on my legs just so my legs are taking the pressure, and they're just kind of resting on the, on the footrest on the kayak so my arms aren't getting too too tired. And uh, I'm just kind of along for the ride. And uh, I was like texting people, there's nothing I could do, you know, I'm just holding on. <laughs> so I remember it was funny because Robert, text, Robert Field texted me. He's like, he, he was asking me a question and I was texting him. And he, I'm like, well, but uh, I'm getting pulled out. I'm getting towed by a Marlin right now. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? Staying up the phone, catch the thing. <laughs> you know, uh, so that was funny. But yeah, I was just kind of along, along for the ride. And then when, once it finally got tired, I got it all the way up right next to the boat. I got the swivel to the rod tip, and you can see me in the video in the longer version. Uh, I kind of try to lift the the rod up so I can grab the line and get close to the, goes closer to the fish. But like once I did that, it just dove again, and uh, the sun was like halfway over the horizon, so it was like about to get dark. And uh, I figured I, I already got the leader, got some pretty good, actually got awesome pictures, and uh, so I just held the spool and popped them off. But it was it was a it was a hell of a ride. <laughs> That's for sure. I was sore for a few days after. Yeah, yeah. They they beat you up, and like I said, for me, the the hardest part with billfish that I've caught isn't when they're running out; it's when they do sound. Yeah. And and they get into that, and you're just you're just pulling, and like you said, you get into this stalemate, and it's just going down, or it's just leveled out down deep, and you can't do anything. Can't do anything. And, and that's the part that just it just beats you up. Um, <laughs> Or if they're, I, I've had them where they were down like that, and then they would just change direction. And so it was like all of a sudden just down and being twisted mm -hmm. to the side. And it's like, oh, my God, this fish is strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never felt something so strong. And it, it, was, it was great having a rudder on that, on that Kusa. So I could just, when, once it started turning, you just change the rudder, make sure you're right. Like, very important. I'm sure, I know you know, but just to keep the rod towards the bow. Um, helps tremendously and if you're if you don't have a rudder sometimes that's difficult but that helped a yeah lot. particularly particularly if the rod is is really short um yes. uh, if, if the rod's seven foot at least then it'll help you pivot the boat if the rod is six feet the boat will get towed sideways because it's not long enough to put the leverage point out far enough to make the boat turn so it's mm. It's it's kind of you have the advantage of more pulling power with the shorter rod, but the longer rod gives you that advantage of being able to control your boat a little bit better. And there again, that rudder, if you if you're using that short rod, the rudder would really come into play. Um, we got another question from Dan Diaz. If I rent gear, does it come with lures and rigging? Yes. So if you rent gear, you get three rods and three reels. And the first setup is an accurate 600 uh on a on a six six jigging rod that's what you're live baiting with and it comes with a live bait rig our live bait rig is a 13-0 circle hook with 80 pound fluorocarbon about 10 feet of it and then you're going to get a spin fisher 6500 on the same jigging rod 
Um, it comes with 65-pound braid, and you're going to get a jig with that. And you're really not going to get a jig with that. You're going to get a, uh, a deep-diving plug. And for the lighter setup is a 7-foot medium-action rod with a Spin Fisher 4500 on it. And there you'll get a, a smaller vertical jig. You'll get that jig that we used to cast for bait and cut snappers. And it's this little 25-gram jig. We've got everything on it. We've got tons of roosters. It's like the best thing to use. Um, but you'll get that whole series of rods all, all with rigs or lures. Is there is that included in the package? Is that just available for somebody who comes, or is that an additional charge to that's, rent that's, here? So, so that's an additional charge. So that's two hundred and fifty dollars okay. for the week. Oh, um, that's that's very fair. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's good. It's great gear. Um, if we didn't have good gear, then we just have to keep replacing it all the time because nothing right. can handle the, the big fish we have. So yeah, exactly. Um, and then a lot of people want to bring their own gear too, so we can't just include that always, you know. Right, right. Uh, James Macbeth has a question. Was I the best looking fella ever to grace Los Busos so far? I can't, I won't answer that. I don't want to get anybody, anybody. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to say no, James. Uh, you know, I haven't seen all the guests, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, I figured it was going to be a question like that. That's funny. <laughs> Jeremy says, hi guys. Um, Hey, Jeremy. What's up? Uh, William Citron, crappie jigs are the best for bait. Um, I've never used crappie you know, jigs for catching bait. Um, they're, they're awesome. They're great. They're, it's, like a, it's a little bigger than like a, a bigger sabiki bait. You know, it's, it's got a right. stronger hook. It's, we use eight ounce. Um, and a lot of times, like when, when you get into the bait real thick, you'll, they're too big. Like you, you'll hook them on the, on the sabiki, you'll hook too many of them, and they'll break off. Right or like you'll fight them for too long and the spit and uh, they're too weak and a big fish will come eat the bait off eat the blue runner that's attached to the sabiki and take it. I couldn't tell you how many times that's happened. So we try to we make sure that we get one at a time so we can bring them in quick. Now I know um, Bonita, if you're going to catch one of those, you got to hook it and put it right on the hook um, very quickly yeah. because they just don't live in a bait tank. They will do okay in a tuna tube. I know we experimented with some tuna tubes while I was there because that's all we had was the big baits. Do the uh, blue runners live okay in a bait tank? Yeah, blue runners are fine in a bait tank as long as it's big enough for them. Um, we, we've used, you know, I don't know, 15, 18 inch blue runners and they won't fit in a bucket. You, you got to put them their head down, you know, they, right. they're just flapping with their tail out of the bucket. Uh, and they'll, they'll actually last like that for like 10 minutes, but anything longer than that, they won't. So if they're that big, a blue runner, I'll put them like on a stringer and I'll throw them off the side of the boat. Um, but I'm also working on a bigger live well that I can keep with me. And uh, once we, when we have groups, like bigger groups, we'll have a live bait on the, on the panga out with us. So we try to load up the panga, uh, the bait well in the panga full of bait, and then we can just kind of divvy it up as, as it goes. And uh, that's, that's like ideal because if you catch a blue runner, it's like almost a guarantee that you'll hook a big rooster or a big kubera. Nice, nice. Uh, Scott Cop, uh, will they have a Kraken 15.5 for me to fish out of in Panama? We have one Kraken. Yes. I insisted when I went, we had to have at least a Kraken show up. So uh, there is a Kraken down there. We'll put your name on it. <laughs> it's already got uh, this, his name on it. <laughs> yeah. This is, a, this is a great question from Jeremy. 
Uh, how far of a paddle is it to your go-to spot around Los Busos? Uh, so that's going to be about a mile and a half paddle. It's pretty short. Um, we have a series of rocks. Uh, it's like an exposed reef. Uh, comes up from about 70 feet, and it comes out of the water, um, out, out about a mile and a half. And we normally fish around that. Or just outside of it. That's where we've caught most of our big, big fish. Um, I caught my marlin about 100 yards away from it. Like 90% of our roosters and cubaros are caught right next to it. The the launch the launch is a challenge for people who aren't experienced in surf launches, or it can be. Um, can be. But but you guys, you know, you guys do such a good job of of getting people off the beach and then catching them when you're coming back in. Um, yeah, so describe the, the not just the launch, but the the S turn, what people have to go through and why they need to be aware of, of what's going on out there. OK, so uh, we, we always launch each angler individually and we help them beach their kayaks individually. We'll actually do it for them uh, when they're coming back to the beach. But so we're in this in this bay area and it's protected by an exposed reef. And there's there's two gaps in that exposed reef. One we call the main pass, one we call the S-curve. Now the main pass uh, will close out if there's a big swell. So sometimes we can't go out there. But this S-curve is like a, it's like a channel through these rocks. And it's deep in the middle. It's like about 15 feet deep, but you're going, it, it looks like you're kind of, you're going through a channel, but you'll have breakers on your right and then breakers on your left. Uh, so it kind of looks a little bit sketchy, but it's always it's always safe to go through it. Uh, I've gone through it in about ten to twelve foot uh, breakers, and uh, it's it's kind of scary because there's breakers on both sides of you, but you go right through no problem uh, every time. So, but it, we all, we also don't get swells like that very often. Like uh, a lot of times, it's glass calm, and there's not a ripple in the in the in the bay. It happens more often than it's rough. So that's that's what I like about. Panama. Um, like when I was in Florida doing, doing charters in, in Florida, we lost like, I couldn't tell you, like 60, 60 or more percent of our trips just because of the weather. You couldn't launch, you got too rough. But in Panama, it's way more consistent uh, with good weather. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It, and, and I can attest to it. I mean, I'm very comfortable in the surf zone. I mean, the launching and landing, that was nothing. Um, but not knowing that reef and not knowing, you know, the exact lineup. And, and you guys did such a good job of, of, you know, having us follow you. So we got used to it. And then I just, I just ran a track on my fish finder so then I could run it myself and not have to worry about it. But it's a weird feeling when you, cause we did have big surf, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you do have those big waves on either side of you and threading that needle, it, it's, it's a little unnerving, even for somebody like myself who's so used to the surf it's, it's, it's different. So it, it's, it was so important to have you guys out there. It particularly those first, you know, few days when you're trying to figure it out, you know, which days we could go straight out and which days we had to run the S turn. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to have some experience in the area and uh, it's very important to have a, have a guide <laughs> there for the, for the first few days for sure. Um, Jeremy says it almost sounds like a drift sock could be used in that situation for extra drag. I assume you're talking about when you're on a billfish. Uh, I can tell you my opinion on it. Um, I don't like it mainly because a lot of times these fish will spin you around and that's a really good opportunity to get wrapped in the, in the drift chute or have your line get caught in it. And it's just one more piece of gear in the water. Um, 
Now, what we've done in the past when, you know, we had a group, we always would have, you know, people follow the guy that was on a Marlin and we would basically just hang on to the back of their boat. Um, and I would actually turn my, I would T-bone the kayak. So if their kayak's going this way, I would put my kayak sideways on the back end of their kayak and make the fish drag me sideways. So, you know, there is different ways of dealing with it. For, for me, though, the, the drift sock was not something I ever wanted to get involved with just for that reason. Uh, what do you think on that? Uh, yeah, I agree. And I, I don't I, and I like being pulled. I don't want to have to deal with that behind me, especially like if it is causing a bunch of drag. I don't want to get spooled. Um, so I don't want to have to deal with that. And I also don't want to spin around and get tangled in it. That's exactly you hit it. Yeah. <laughs> um, William says, I definitely would have worried about it jumping towards me. Yeah. And as you said, it happened to you. I've had it happen to me um, when they come jumping straight at you. And it's scary. I oh, mean, yeah. that's the whole thing about billfish versus tarpon. I mean, tarpon are so much fun. But if one jumps and hits you, it might hurt you, but it's not going to impale you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that whole different level of excitement you get from billfish. That's actually why I like marlin better than sailfish, because sailfish being so small, um, you can get them turned back to you so much faster. And, you know, you can have a very green fish get turned right back at you all of a sudden and, uh, and it's jumping right around you. So sailfish scare me a little bit more than marlin do, at least yeah, in yeah. those stages. I've had some friends get, I had one of my friends get poked in the, in the arm and I've had one get poked in the, in the knee. Um, they, they'll get you. But like, if that was a marlin, it would, uh, it would have gotten, gotten them a lot more, but yeah, they're, they're, they're so much more unpredictable, uh, I think. I mean, I, yeah. you have more experience than, with marlin than me, but I, I've, I know how crazy the sailfish can get right next to the kayak. Yeah, mar- sailfish are a little bit crazy, and marlin definitely, particularly sail or uh, striped marlin, which is what 90% of what we've got are, um, is they're much more predictable, to, and, uh, and the sails are just going crazy. Uh, James Macbeth says, whatever. I'm assuming that's a reply to my comment. <laughs> you know, I oh, love you, great. James. You're, you're just not that pretty. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Nicholas has a great question. Exactly how many beers is unlimited beers? Yeah, it's it's up to <laughs> it's up to the anglers. It's infinite. We've gone through uh, what was it? We went two. We had two groups. And they went through 45 cases, uh, and that, that was in two weeks. So, and we, we had enough. We, were, we, we had plenty left. So if y'all can beat well, that. Well, yeah, we, uh, we tried to put a dent in it, and we thought we were putting a little bit of a dent in it. And then you go back to the cooler, and all of a sudden it's filled again. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jameson had it in his head that he was going to be able to, you know, empty that cooler, and uh, it never happened. So doesn't happen. <laughs> if, if, if between Jameson and I and our group, if we couldn't put a dent in it, I don't think anybody's putting a dent in it. Um, Dan Diaz, type of beer, Panama or Balboa? So we have Panama. That's my favorite. And uh, also the other one is Soberana. But yeah, Bal- Balboa is very popular around our area. You can get it anywhere, anywhere but uh, our lodge. But it's like a dollar if you were to go somewhere else and get it. So, um, <laughs> Uh, James says, for those of us with wives who want to join us but don't fish, is there anything there for them? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so we get a lot of couples, and uh, 
a lot of times they don't want to stay at like the fishing lodge, like, like our fishing lodge. So about a mile down the coast or a mile down the road, there's a hotel. It's more of a resort called Hotel Playa Cambutal. And uh, they are much more of a resort feel. They have a restaurant, they have a bar, they have amazing, very nice rooms. And they also have like one of the best surf breaks at their beach and a pool. There's also, um, for other activities outside of that, there's waterfalls, beautiful beaches. There's like no one on the beaches. So it's that uh, black volcanic sand. Um, you very rarely see anybody walking on it. And there's amazing uh, rock formations and caves to walk to. Um, but we're also right, right on the foot of the mountains. So we have a bunch of trails through the mountains and you can do horseback rides. There's all kinds of stuff to do. Oh, and, there's uh, also for, for the uh, yoga place, right? Um, yeah, was that, yeah. Was that yeah, the same right resort next... where some of the guys went and got massages? Yes. So right next door to us is Sansara. It's a, a very well-known yoga resort, yoga retreat. Uh, so they offer massages and they have a, they also have a nice bar and a uh, pool and stuff. So a lot of times our guests will go over there and get a massage or hang out at the bar. Uh, or if we have some wives that are wives or girlfriends or whatever, um, the angler can go fishing out with us and the wife can go hang out and do yoga or get a massage or hang out at these other places. So everybody stays busy. Yeah. It, you know, it, it is a bit of a mission to get there. Um, you know, what would you say it was a six hour drive from, uh, yeah, Panama five City? and a half to six hours. Let me, I got to turn the light on here. Um, yeah, so, but it's, it's a cool drive. Um, half of it, the, the first half is kind of through the city and some small towns. And the last half is like through the mountains and you see monkeys and you're crossing rivers and stuff. It's, uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> Move this away from the light. I don't want to blind you. Uh, William says he's working on getting there. Definitely on the bucket list. You know, oh, he's, I'm he's not. A, I'm not. I'm not a big believer in bucket lists. I just say, just go do it. Just go do it. Just yeah, go right. do it. Uh, you only live once, and and I've said for years um, that Panama. I mean, I would go to Panama every year if I could. It's always been. One of my and I've been to different areas of Panama um, with different operations, and it doesn't matter where I go, it, it is definitely one of my favorite places to go for the fishing and the variety of fish you can get, uh, the the wildlife that you will see. I mean, it, it's just absolutely amazing, and the fact that you guys have got it so dialed in for kayak anglers. I mean, they're they're really. Uh, there's nothing better out there. Uh, I mean, if you want the experience to go out there and catch just insanely cool fish, or at least have the opportunity to at a, at a really cool destination. Um, I mean, I highly recommend Los Busos. I mean, I, I, I mean, we had the, uh, a very, very tough trip uh, when we went, uh, we had some weather, uh, we had ripping current, we had a really hard time with bait and we still had a great time and still caught fish. And, I still want to go back. I mean, even having a, a tough trip, it's still worth going to this place. I mean, it, it's just the, the potential of catching world-class fish every time you go on the water is, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Scott asks, what is the best time of year to fish Los Busos? So we get that question a lot. Um, it's actually, I'll tell you, my favorite time of year is April and May. 
because during that time we get the cold water currents that come through and they bring the billfish. So we were seeing marlin every day. We were seeing sailfish every day uh, and also whale sharks almost every day. So that was one of the things that I never thought would happen. I thought maybe I'd see one whale shark in my lifetime or something, but we, we went out there one day and we saw 10. Uh, but other than the, than, than those, you're still catching rooster fish. You're still catching Kuberas. Uh, we've caught roosters and Kuberas every, every month. We've caught them almost every trip that we go out. Um, but April is also part of the dry season, so it doesn't ever rain. So you'll never get rained out. Um, and it's also not very windy. Uh, it's before the windy season starts. So you kind of got the best of everything. You got great fishing. The biggest fish are there and great weather uh and a lot of times that cold those colder those colder currents are clear water so you're getting that blue clear water coming close and that's what's bringing those sailfish and the marlin and also the yellowfin tunas the tunas come very close to shore uh last year or this year we were catching tunas every single every day in april and may right behind the lodge and about a mile a mile and a half out now um, when but, i was when Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, okay. I interrupted you. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, also, I, I like January a lot because um, the burst marlin I ever hooked, I hooked in January. And it also is similar to that time of year. You get the, the colder, the clear currents, uh, still catching a ton of rooster fish. Um, September was an awesome, awesome trip. This past, this past September, we caught a ton of rooster fish. Our biggest ever rooster fish was caught in September. And probably our record number of Kuberas was caught in September. Um, on on the roosters and Kubera, you guys are are 100% catch and release, yeah. Yes, yes. We never we never uh, want to keep them. They're not good eating. Uh, the Kuberas are pretty good eating when they're smaller, but there's so many other good eating fish out there that we always always release them. That's awesome. Uh, we've a couple times it's happened like where they got gut hooked or they died or they get. I don't know. They they it's just something happen. happened and they died, and we'll keep them if that happens. But other than that, we always all let them go. That's that's awesome, um, Dan. If I wanted to fish uh, Lake Katun uh, for peacocks, how early would you have to fly in on Friday morning if you wanted to fish it uh, at the beginning of the trip? I guess are are you guys doing that? I know you were exploring a little bit of fish in the lake. Is that something uh, so you guys are still trying to sort out? We're still kind of working on that. Um, we'd like to have it as an option, but uh, we're still not 100% dialed in. On, we're not 100% sure how we're going to fit it into our program. So uh, I know I've been emailing with you, so we'll, we'll stay in contact with that. I'll give you some more details as, as, uh, as I get them. And Alex says, happy birthday, Adam. Citation Club misses us. Is <laughs> it your birthday? Uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday, man. Birthday. Happy birthday. I appreciate it. <laughs> what's up alex thanks for that um another question from potty mullet can you talk us through the upcoming tournament when exactly who's going and how does it score and i would assume on uh how do you qualify okay so our tournament starts on this uh january 5th it's going to be five days of fishing your best three out of those five days will count uh we're counting catch and release species and uh, species that you, you would eat. So it's the species that you will bring back and weigh in 
our one point per pound, and that's I probably won't remember all of them at the, uh, right now, but mahi, wahoo, tuna, dolphin, um, grouper, snapper, all species, and corvina. I think there's a couple more, but for the catch and release species, marlin is 500 points, sailfish is 200 points. Roosterfish is 50 points if it's a trophy, and we have a tournament streamer that we will supply all of the anglers, and it has a mark on it. it if the fork of the tail passes the mark, which is which puts it at 48 inches or bigger, if, it, if the tail passes that, it's a trophy, which will give 50 points. If it's smaller than that, 15 points, um, and those are unlimited. You can catch as many as you want uh, to try to rack up as many points as, as you can with those. And uh, also, it's similar with with Kuberas. If the Kubera is 36 inches or bigger, it's you release it, and it's 50 points. If it's smaller, we br we bring it back, and we weigh it. Um, and for the weighing weigh-in species, um, it's five. It's your best five fish per day for the three days. Um, we got 12 guys coming: James McBeth. Uh, Damien Bowman from Australia, Merv Lowe from Singapore. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna announce the, these guys uh, over the next few few days. So uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna give them all away yet. Uh, is is all this information our... on LosBusos.com? Uh, not all. Of, well, the the true the tournament rules, the tournament. Yeah. All, all the stuff about the tournament. Yes. Uh, we haven't announced all the anglers yet, though. We're okay. going to do that. Uh, we're going to start doing that about probably next week. Very cool. Uh, Potty has, <laughs> if you drank unlimited beers and had beer goggles, would James McBeth get better looking <laughs> or is he too far gone? <laughs> oh man, this is, this is getting interesting. <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scott was asking, how is the fly fishing? Now I can test, uh, although I didn't fly fish because we were so locked in on trying to get a Kubera and that sort of thing. There were um, times when we could have easily fly fished for the yellow fin and for the Bonita. Um, they were in just such good schools. It would have been a, a no brainer to hook up on those fish on the fly. Do many people fly fish uh, that come down? We haven't had a, a ton of people try it. Um, we had, I think we only had one, one try and it was Charles Levi. He came and uh, he caught a mahi. He caught a nice size mahi. Um, well, we were out there near that spot that you caught those yellowfin, and he had a blue runner out, just kind of trolling a trolling a live bait, and a, like a forty pound mahi hit it. And he had he hooked it, and it jumped a couple times, and then it spit the hook. And then so he that spooked, but the cow that was with that big one swam right up next to his kayak, and he whips out his fly rod and kind of just throws the fly in the water and does like a figure eight next to the kayak. Doesn't even need to cast it. And the thing smashed it right next to the right next to the kayak. It was super cool. I think it was oh, like awesome. It was like seventeen pounds or something. It was a pretty good one. Uh, <laughs> but I, I and I'm not a good fly fisherman. I don't do it very often. But I've tried it a few times out there. I caught a pretty good sized bluefin trevally. Oh, I bet uh, that was fun. Rock snapper. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. Like you know, I'm sure you 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 know they stick their head out of the water when they're chasing the bait, and because their mouth's kind of on the bottom of their of their face, uh, so it's kind of like a redfish. Like they're whole head will come out of the water and they'll smash it on the surface. That's cool. And they're That's just probably like the any thing jack. I caught on the fly. So fun. So fun. Uh, James is, <laughs> I get better with more beer. I also ironically push the limits of beer consumption. 
Yeah. <laughs> we all we all did our best. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long I, as it's not before you go on the kayak, it's all good. Right. It's, it's you save it for the end of the day. I mean, I don't we don't bring any beer out on the water with us, just water and you need plenty of water. Yes. Uh, very important. James says you can fly fish the rocks for sure. Clear water would be good too. Uh, yeah, I mean, we like I said we. It, uh, let me ask you: when we were there, um, pretty much every day until until about the last day, we had ripping current. Uh, so it was you, you were almost paddling on the treadmill. Um, do you do you get a lot of strong currents like that or we really don't um like i'm trying to remember it was probably what like three to four miles an hour when you were with us yeah yeah because you could paddle yeah, and stay yes. in one place yeah that's about the most we ever get and uh a, more often than not i'd probably say 70 percent of the time it's n like no current um it's, it's so like the average is like half half a mile an hour Okay. Now, so. when, when I used to uh, guide down in Mexico, uh, and I, you know, I wasn't down there full time, we did certain, you know, scheduled trips, you know, five trips a year. Um, I was always avoided the full moon. Uh, I never, I never wanted to have my trips during a full moon. Um, I mean, it, it was just so clear and it's so bright. Uh, I, I definitely noticed on the times we did, we were down there during a full moon that it did affect the daytime bite. Do you, do you see that down there or do you think it, it matters? With certain species? Yes. Um, we, we've caught a lot of fish on the full moon. Um, but it's, we're, we're still trying to figure out a pattern. Uh, we've had some really bad days on the full moon, but we've also had some pretty good, good days on a full moon. So I haven't really noticed too big of a pattern i'm trying to i'm doing what i can to get to try to get more some more research out there but uh it, it does seem to affect like the rooster fish a bit and other than that like it's breaking up a little bit um can you hear any better can you hear yeah any yeah it, it, yeah okay um uh, so like for outback, just for the rooster fish and the cuberas, it's a little bit, it's a little worse. Um, but like if you go out deep or you go to that mothership spot, the tunas have been really good on a, on a full moon. But the, the, the biggest thing I've come to figure out is the bite from the cuberas and the roosters is a little worse on full moon. Okay. Good to know. Uh, Ruben Rivera, is there a lot of shark activity? One more thing to add. I did catch the marlin on a full moon. I caught the marlin well, max, max high tide on the full moon. There you go. Uh, but sharks. So there's not very many sharks that we do catch small ones. I think, uh, I think you guys hooked some on your trip. Um, we never see big ones. I've seen the biggest shark I've seen is eight feet long and it was a hammerhead. And there's, I've only seen one. Uh, we sometimes we'll catch those small. I don't even know what they call. They're they're called. They're, they look like a black tip, but uh, they're like three feet long. Sometimes right. we we'll catch those, but nothing big. Um, so there's like you don't have to worry about sharks out there. Yeah. Well. Okay. Here's a James Macbeth story. Uh, we were in Panama, and he screams that a 
big tiger shark swam under him. And so I have a shark shield. I turn on my shark shield and I start paddling over to him. And I'll go, what did it look like? It was really big and it had spots. <laughs> what, did you get an eagle right? <laughs> it was a whale shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> whale shark. And I've never seen, I personally have never seen a whale shark. So I was like, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> I could have had my chance to see a whale shark and you, I turn on my shark shield and potentially spook it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know what we did see, and which was really cool on our trip, um, was an incredible amount of whale activity. The, yes. the, the volume of humpback whales we were seeing was amazing. And right near us, uh, I think um, you, you guys got some underwater footage. Uh, one of the guys jumped in the water with his GoPro next to him. Mm -hmm. um i mean it we so so many humpback whales it was absolutely amazing and uh if you ever get tired of seeing that um you're just you're not living right because <laughs> it, it, it's it's so awesome that's right yeah when it's like uh june through september is the best time to see whales so they migrate and they give birth um right in our in our cove uh we, i've seen them in like 20 feet of water um so we, we've actually seen them give birth and then the, you'll see the, we'll see the um, baby come up to the surface and the mom will put it on its back and lift it up like it's teaching it to breathe. Couldn't tell you how many times we've seen it. It's, it happens all the time. And uh, you'll see amazing. them come to the surface, they'll smack the tail on the water, or they'll completely breach. I got some really good footage the other day of, uh, of some whales breaching completely out of the water and uh, the mom will do it and then the baby will do it right after really cool and you, they do it so close like you can stand on the beach or you can sit at the lodge at one of the tables and you can watch it happen they, you, they're they're close right well for when we were there they were just outside the barrier reef um, yeah you know they mm -hmm. were they weren't out far at all and they were right where we were paddling around to the point where it's like you know keep your eyes open because the last thing you need is one of these things breaching on top of you <laughs> yeah that uh, makes me nervous sometimes i've got yeah super uh, close. yeah but like I said, it's just one of those things you never, ever get tired of. Um, so if what, what is the process? You, you said that you guys, you uh, work with a hotel down there or you set them up with a hotel in Panama City. Um, so that, that's the deal. You fly into Panama City. Yeah, so we'll give you, so our, our trip runs for, for six nights, but it ends up being more like eight. So you, the, the, our guests will fly into Panama City, and then they'll spend the first night in Panama City at a hotel. Uh, it's called Hotel Milan. We make the reservations. They always, have, they always hold rooms for us, so there's always space. All of our people will stay there, and then we send a shuttle that picks them up in the morning the next day. And that shuttle will take you directly to, Pan to our lodge. A couple stops on the way. We'll, they'll stop for lunch, uh, get whatever you need. Um, and then on the way back, same thing. The shuttle will pick you up on the last day in, uh, in at like 11 o'clock, so right before noon. And it'll take you to Panama City. You'll get there just before dark. And you'll usually spend your night there at the same hotel and then fly out the next morning. But some, some people like to stay in the city for a couple of days. And there's a couple other things you can do there, um, like 
a lot of guys take the canal tour. There's a lot of history behind the, the Panama Canal, and they, they do a really good job of, of doing that at the tour. And there's some historic spots you can see, like Casco Viejo, and just some really, really nice different restaurants that you can kind of explore and turn uh, tour around. Yeah, and if people are into gambling, which I am not, but there is casinos and all that, and some some really rough, nice restaurants in Panama City. And um, I mean, like I said, it's it's a cool place, and and I've never felt uncomfortable when I've been there. It, it's always felt very safe, particularly once you get out uh, to a place where you guys are. I mean, it, it is remote. It's it's like I said, it's a bit of a mission to get there, but once you're there, it's you know you have no need to be anyplace else anyway. Um, exactly. The food at the at the resort was phenomenal. The guys uh, cooking food in there were fantastic. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I can't say enough great things about Los Busos, and uh, I, I definitely would would love to come back and and shoot another show and and get some redemption on all those fish that destroyed us. You know, it wasn't even just the Kubera that rocked us so many times. It was the footage of rooster fish just following the bait and never hitting it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sometimes putting a camera in the water is not a good thing because then you can, you can look at the footage later and just be that much more frustrated. Yeah. So, you know, I said we had we had one of those trips and everybody has trips like that from, from time to time, but it's still worth going. And I can't reiterate that enough. It is an amazing place and you guys do such a great job. I mean, uh, for instance, I mean, for anybody who's wondering, I mean, they would barely let us lift a finger to, to move our kayaks, to move our gear, to set up. But I mean, you almost had to insist on doing your own thing if you want to do it because you guys work your tails off. And I really appreciated that. And I mean, that's just a sign of, uh, of a great operation. Um, I appreciate you saying that. Um, what, what, what is the cost? If somebody wanted to come on one of these set trips, what, how much does that cost somebody? Because to me, it seemed super reasonable. Yeah, we try to make it as reasonable as possible. Uh, so the base rate is seventeen fifty. You can come, bring your gear, do everything, eat free, or eat all you can, eat all you can, drink all you can, do the whole trip for seventeen fifty. Um, if you don't want to bring your gear, which a lot of people don't, you can rent that. You can rent the tackle package, like I explained in uh, in the beginning, for two hundred fifty bucks, and that way you can just fly in with a backpack, and you'll have everything you need. Um, that's what a lot of guys do because like you can get a, a spirit flight and fly with a backpack for, uh, I've gotten them for $300 round trip. So flights to Panama wow. really aren't that expensive either. Um, so a lot of guys do that. It's, it's pretty inexpensive for a really, really awesome trip. Well, you're getting a thumbs up from Debbie Brenchley Fisk. <laughs> I think she's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, I can't, that. Is, is that sister, mom? That's my mom. Uh, cool. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're just hitting that one hour mark, dude. And uh, as these things always fly by. Um, if, if people really want to uh, get more information, I mean, are you available to answer questions? Uh, do, or is there a, a contact information on the website? Any of that? I'll put that back once again, losbusos.com. Yeah, so there's a there's a bunch of ways uh, for them to contact us. You can add me on Facebook and message me direct if you want, uh, or you can go to um, losbuzos.com. Pretty simple. Uh, you can go to our website there, and you can see all the details. Uh, pretty much everything you need to know is on that website. Also, if you want to email info at losbuzos.com, 
we'll get right back at you, uh, answer any questions you have, and you can add us on Facebook at Los Buzos Resort. And for Instagram, it's Los Buzos Panama. All one word, or no spaces. Um, but you can get us, you can get a hold of us on any of those. Uh, Scott says, congrats on your sweet Marlin, Adam. Appreciate it. It was awesome. <laughs> Adam, uh, again, I, I can't thank you enough for joining me here today. I know we were talking about this and, you know, we had to get you back in stateside before we could do it. So you had a good enough connection and uh, I, I really appreciate it. And let's chat soon about how we can get back down there and shoot another show. Good luck to everybody fishing the tournament, including our good buddy, uh, James and Beth, who we were giving a little bit of a hard time. But uh, <laughs> I'm wishing everybody luck on that. It sounds like it's going to be a great deal. Um, I will. I'll be talking to you later, man. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on and uh, I'll be happy to do another one. And uh, awesome. I'm excited for you to come back. Ah, awesome, man. Take care. <laughs> All right. Take care. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't spew about places that I, I don't think are an awesome deal and a great place to go. And it really, really is a great, great place with amazing service. Uh, like I said, these guys work their tails off uh, guiding and, and for everything you do, like I said, they barely let us lift a finger. So if you ever have a chance uh, and you want a cool adventure, visit Los Busos. I highly recommend it. Well, that's all for us today. I don't know if I'll be doing a show next week because it is a holiday, you know, the day after Thanksgiving. I don't know if I'll, uh, if I'll be doing or not next week or not, but I will keep you posted. I appreciate you guys all for watching. Remember, if you're going out on the water, always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that show and uh, saw what a really cool place uh, Los Busos is. Uh, I highly recommend visiting there. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Kayak Fishing Tales so you get notified whenever a new video goes up. Take care.